0: hey there and welcome to the eighth episode of the games that made me podcast a personal reflection on a life spent gaming i'm your host brendan kelly thank you for deciding to tune in and give this podcast a try in this podcast i'll share the video games that have had the biggest impact on my life and explore the reasons behind why they were so influential in the last episode I provided a brief overview of the Dragon Quest series, and I spoke a little bit about the comparisons made between the Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy series. In today's episode, it's going to be more of a deep dive into Dragon Quest VIII, Journey of the Cursed King, focusing first on my earliest memories playing through the game for the very first time. I'll also explain why Dragon Quest VIII makes for a great entry point to the Dragon Quest series, and give my recommendation for which version of the game is the best. Okay, so right away, I need to start today's episode with a confession. Dragon Quest VIII was not actually the first Dragon Quest title I ever played. That honor belongs to Dragon Quest IX, which I will cover in later episodes. But though Dragon Quest 8 wasn't technically my introduction to the series, it was the first title in the series that I played all the way through. Though I will admit, I still, to this day, have not explored the post-game of Dragon Quest VIII. When this title was originally released for the PlayStation 2, back in November of 2005 here in North America, it wasn't even on my radar. 2005 was my second year teaching middle school, and I can remember coming home after work, especially on Fridays after school, and being so exhausted from working full-time that naps were a very common occurrence and something that I really did treasure back in those days. Now at that time, I still owned my Nintendo GameCube. I was a Nintendo loyalist at that point, after all. And I would occasionally boot up and play some games on that system. The one that comes to mind that I do remember playing a lot during that time period in my life was a title called Ribbit King, which I believe also did come out for the PlayStation 2. And if you've never played Ribbit King, it's an entertaining but very simple take on golf in which you hit poor defenseless frogs instead of golf balls. Needless to say, my priorities at the time mostly centered around just surviving. Being a teacher, from day to day. And what little energy I did come home with, which wasn't a lot admittedly, was mostly spent mindlessly watching television and exploring a new city. As a Nintendo diehard, I didn't even purchase a non-Nintendo console until the Xbox 360. And even then, I didn't purchase that system until 2012. After purchasing a PlayStation 3 in 2013, and my loyal listeners will remember that the whole reason why I decided to purchase a PlayStation 3 was due to my overwhelming excitement at getting the chance to play Ni no Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch, I discovered from my positive experience with that game that I had, in fact, a passion for RPGs, specifically JRPGs and i wanted to play as many of them as i could sony systems offered a lot more choices of jrpgs than microsoft and nintendo systems and so i decided to invest in a PlayStation 2 Slim the following year, 2014. In 2014, unlike today, one could still find brand new PlayStation 2 consoles for reasonable prices, and new PS2 games were also readily available at prices that wouldn't break the bank. Dragon Quest VIII made every list online that I could find of the PlayStation 2's best games of all time. So I decided to purchase a brand new copy, along with a used copy of the official strategy guide for the game. And so it wasn't until the summer of 2014 that I played through Dragon Quest VIII for the very first time, totally enthralled and absorbed by the gameplay mechanics and the world as if it were a brand new release. I have extremely fond memories of living in my downtown apartment with my boyfriend at the time who was not so much into video games, him getting to watch the newer television in the living room, he is an avid fan of television shows, while I use the older TV in the bedroom which was actually the perfect setup. For the PlayStation 2, given its age relative to the time period. So playing through Dragon Quest VIII, I can remember we had a one-year-old kitten that we had adopted. And so I can remember many, many afternoons and early evenings of playing this title for hours at a time and watching the antics of our one-year-old kitten, and sometimes she would actually settle down on my lap. So as I previously mentioned, Dragon Quest VIII was the first Dragon Quest title that I played all the way through, until I beat the game which took me roughly 70 hours or so on the PlayStation 2 version. I had technically played a little bit of Dragon Quest IX for the Nintendo DS first, but it didn't really hold my attention back then, probably because I was looking for the total package of playing a massive RPG on a big screen TV. Dragon Quest VIII soon won me over with its cell shaded visuals, bright, colorful world, excellent soundtrack, and the straightforwardness of the gameplay. There's a certain pattern to Dragon Quest games. You visit and explore towns to get a new quest or two. You also upgrade your gear and you buy new items to prepare your party for quests that you're going to go on. And then you venture out into the overworld to gain experience by fighting monsters. You also get money that these monsters happen to drop, thank you very much. You seek out the next dungeon or the next major quest that you need to do. You beat the next boss, rinse and repeat. While it contains a vast world spread out over several massive continents, it never felt like it was too complicated for me to understand the gameplay or the mechanics at work which is a definite testament to its beginner-friendly design and the accessible nature of this title. After having played through the action-oriented combat of Ni no Kuni and the Wrath of the White Witch earlier that same year, I could appreciate the less chaotic turn-based combat that is a staple, of course, of the Dragon Quest series. And it was at that moment that I began to appreciate turn-based RPGs over action RPGs, simply because the combat system allowed me the time to take my time contemplating my next move. I also think turn-based RPGs allow for more strategic battles than their action counterparts. And the accents in this game. As an American, I have a soft spot for the various British accents one encounters in movies, television shows in video games, and on this front, Dragon Quest VIII delivers. Yangus's accent in particular stuck with me and made me laugh a lot while playing. For those of you who have played through Nino Kuni, Yangus's distinct Cockney accent is very reminiscent to me of Drippy's thick Welsh accent. Not that they are the same, of course, by any means, but the fact that they're so distinctive well done, and very memorable, and the incredible monster designs. Some of my personal favorites from Dragon Quest Day include Candy Cat, first introduced in this title actually. I'm a total cat person, and watching Candy Cat perform regular cat antics, like rolling around and cleaning itself, is highly entertaining for me as a cat person. And how could I forget Lips. A monster who goes around with constant duck face. And then there was capsicum or capsicum, however you pronounce it. It was also first introduced in Dragon Quest Eight. It is essentially bell peppers, two different bell peppers. They are speared together, and it's like they sprouted an evil conscience and ran away from someone's grill. And Puppeteer, another new monster to Dragon Quest VIII. This monster, if you remember, uses his hand puppets in conjunction with his moves, which I thought was pretty awesome. Then, of course, there's Hipster, a monster design that hits all the right notes for me. His design making me even more terrified of real-life hipsters. Mumbo Jumbo. The first time I played through this game, I thought it was so cool when four separate monsters, Mum, Bo, Jum, and Bo, came together to create this fearsome beast, Dancing Devil. The first appearance also being in Dragon Quest VIII, any baddie who incorporates a move of shaking his hips and wiggling his butt in order to make some of your characters dance, is all right with me. And The Witch. Also, the first appearance for The Witch being in Dragon Quest VIII, the only game I think I've ever played thus far whose sprite will forever remind me of a fierce drag queen who you don't want to mess with. And Headhunter. The first time I played this game and saw this monster almost skipping joyfully through the forest, I had to investigate. And as I alluded to before I got off on that tangent regarding my favorite monsters, it's the lightheartedness at the core of Dragon Quest that makes it such an appealing game, especially to newcomers, because it doesn't take itself too seriously and you feel like you are in on the joke and it's so easy to learn as you go. So now we reach the part of the episode where I'm going to attempt to give you my recommendation for which version of Dragon Quest VIII Journey of the Cursed King is the best one to play in 2022. There are three different ways to play Dragon Quest VIII. You can play the original PlayStation 2 version, the mobile port of the PS2 version on smartphones, and the Nintendo 3DS remake. Let's start with the version I do not recommend playing, the mobile port of Dragon Quest VIII on smartphones. To be honest, I have not tried any of the Dragon Quest mobile ports, but despite never having played the mobile port, this version is lacking many features from the original game. They removed features like the voice acting, and the orchestral soundtrack. You also cannot play this game in landscape mode on your phone and there is no controller support available. I also personally do not enjoy playing these types of games on a mobile device, so it is a personal preference for me more than anything else. Now the positives for playing it on mobile include a much cheaper price tag, the fact that it is portable, and that you can play it anywhere. My second place choice for how you should play Dragon Quest VIII is the original version of Dragon Quest VIII for the PlayStation 2. As time goes on, the price of Dragon Quest VIII on the PS2 has gone up substantially. In 2014, I paid $42 for a brand new copy of the game. Searching Amazon today, new copies start... $140. It is true that you can get a copy used for substantially less, but if you're going to need to purchase a copy of the game, I recommend that you buy it through a site like eBay, where most sellers provide detailed descriptions of the item and pictures of what you are actually purchasing. You could also wait for this one to pop up at a local game store, but I have to be honest, In my experience, Dragon Quest games can be hard to come by and I have not seen a used copy of Dragon Quest 8 PS2 version at my local game stores in a very long time. Secondly, one obviously needs a Playstation 2 in order to play this game. If you ended up selling yours at some point, you can expect to pay anywhere from $50 to upwards of $200 for a used PlayStation 2 system, the price being mostly dependent on the quality of the item and what items are included, like memory cards or controllers. If you have a modern flat-screen TV, I would highly recommend that you purchase an HD upscaler for the PlayStation 2 for the best possible picture quality. These upscalers typically increase the resolution to 720p. I recently loaded my original saved game file on my PlayStation 2, and I wandered around for a few hours to remind myself the basics of how this version of the game worked. I also started a new save file to play through this version of the game again, and I have to say that when you take the time to purchase an HD upscaler, the game really does look good despite its age. But the biggest drawback of this version for me in 2022 is this. The missing features and the missing quality of life improvements. There are several features missing from this version that would have been nice to have. Monsters do not display on screen. So because of that, you will be fighting a lot of battles wandering through dungeons and the overworld. And all of the extra features from the 3DS version and all of the improvements made to that version of this title are definitely not going to be found there. So coming in first place, my recommendation for the best way to play Dragon Quest VIII The Journey of the Cursed King in 2022 is the Nintendo 3DS remake of the game. The biggest reasons why I recommend this version of the game above the other two are all the added features to the game. There are two new playable characters, Red and Mori. A whole new Monster Arena Rank Rank X. New rare monsters that appear on the overworld map, the inclusion of a photography challenge, and the ability to take photos in-game and customize them. A new option for the end of the game, I don't want to say any more because there are major spoilers for the plot. A brand new dungeon, and plenty of new cutscenes were added to this version. But there are also major quality of life improvements over the original as well. A map that you can see on the second screen at all times. Enemies that you can see on the screen to either attack them or avoid them completely which really helps to cut down on randomized battles. Alchemy is instantaneous, and there is even an on-screen button that you can push to access the alchemy pot, Bomberin's Bell, and the Zoom spell, among others. However, with that being said, there are two major obstacles to playing the 3DS version. First is obtaining a copy of the game. It is not necessary to obtain a physical cartridge, because it is still being offered for sale digitally on the Nintendo 3DS eShop. Though keep in mind the ability to make digital purchases on the Nintendo 3DS eShop has been restricted. If you wish to get yourself a physical copy of the game, be warned. Prices of used physical copies of Dragon Quest VIII for the 3DS are extremely expensive. The cheapest cart I could find on eBay was $80. And that's just for the cartridge. If you're fine with getting only a digital copy, you better act fast. You can only add funds to your eShop account until August 29th of this year using an eShop card. After the 29th of August, no new funds can be added at all to your account and you only have until sometime in March of 2023 to use any funds that remain in your account. However, And a big thank you to Nintendo Life for this information. Currently, if your Nintendo Network ID, which is what you used on your Nintendo 3DS or your Wii U, is linked with your Nintendo account, which is the account you have on your Nintendo Switch, your eShop funds are shared across the Nintendo Switch eShop and the 3DS and Wii U eShops as well. The second obstacle to playing the 3DS version is that you need either a Nintendo 3DS or 2DS to play the game. Now that Nintendo's handheld system has officially been retired, prices of used 3DS and 2DS systems are, to put it bluntly, out of control. The prices of used NTSC systems are at least $100 or more, and many of the used special edition consoles are selling for upwards of $200 or higher. Keep in mind, and be very careful of this, remember that the Nintendo 3DS and 2DS systems from other regions, definitely cheaper than their counterparts in North America, but the 3DS and 2DS are both region locked, and therefore they will not play games from other regions. And that just about does it for this week's episode, I hope that you enjoyed listening and found it both helpful and informative. If so, if there's any way you could consider taking the time to leave a review and to help spread the word by recommending the podcast to your friends. I hope you will join me next time when my deep dive into all things Dragon Quest VIII continues to get even deeper. In the meantime, please feel free to visit my website at www.thegamesthatmademe.com. You can also start up a conversation with me by sending me a message at thegamesthatmademe at gmail.com. I would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on all things Dragon Quest. Until next time, I hope you lose yourself in an amazing video game or two. Take care.